You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. And I'm honored to be uh, broadcasting this this podcast from the vault of questionable material. Uh, we were, of course, banned immediately in this new uh, dystopian government. They heard, um, I think they listened to our Man-Thing episode, and I mean, they just kicked my door in. I mean... Just yeah, right away. yeah, yeah. I, I guess you know, being black bagged and put into some sort of camp. At least they still let us record. I don't know why, because I don't know who's going to hear this. Well, it's confusing what they find objectionable, you know, because I'm here, I'm sitting here at this at my desk next to um, the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. dome and a copy of Electra uh, on on uh, on VHS. So I don't. I mean, I don't it makes know. it hard to say that fascism's wrong when you get those kind of cuts. <laughs> Yeah, I think we could do with a questionable. In fact, I think we should refer to whether or not we like a movie about whether or not it belongs uh, is something you could watch or that you should seal away in your fault of questionable I, I, content. I think that may be a good idea. Um, <laughs> some of you may have also noticed that I sound like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer due to a cold, so maybe that got banned too and Ben's just got a new partner. Can you go ahead and uh, just drum up a vault sound effect just to add in when we yeah, decide yeah, that we I'm, don't like a movie? Yeah, yeah, I'll find a, whatever the the knob on a vault's called, I don't actually know. The knob? Uh, yeah, you know, the thing you spin, I don't know what that's called. Well, our ba- our, our forthcoming weekend bank robbery is going to go poorly. Oh, it's um, not going to be great. I'm like, did you get the knob thingy? <laughs> Look out, the bell ringer went off. The men in Look, uniform I- with guns are coming. I just brought all the clown masks uh, and and the school bus, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to kill one of the clowns. Is it me? Do I kill myself? Is that is that the twist? <laughs> I think the mistake we made was not assigning mask to specific people. Son of a bitch. Um, we are here today to talk about our next film and our, a never-ending gauntlet of film, comic book to film adaptations. Our own um, sort of Lark Hill. Uh... <laughs> Labor camp or whatever it was called uh, is this podcast. I don't know. Larkill is clearly an allegory for like Holocaust camp, so I don't know. What? I didn't get that at all. <laughs> Rob Grape. So I don't know how much we want to draw attention to the fact that we consider our podcast to be a gulag, but sure. <laughs> Welcome to this audio gulag. Look, I'm just uh, saying, some of these movies really do feel like some sort of <laughs> like forced uh, suffering. I feel yeah, like if uh, we watched these in like a country we were at war with, it would be a war crime. Just picture these notes that I'm about to read from as if they were written on a tiny scroll of paper that I slid under a small hole between our two cells. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we set the mood up for laughter. Uh, Hi, welcome to your only respite, respite from a crumbling mental state brought on by uh, uh, increased isolation uh, and torture. By the yeah, hands definitely some waterboarding. But that's everybody's favorite boarding. Um, so, folks, I want to—I wanted to kick us off. Oh, we're doing V for Vendetta. I'm sorry, I don't think we said oh, it yet. Um, people like people Alan Moore. Like Alan Moore, we didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, yes. But I wanted to open with a with a thought before we talked about the movie proper, which is that um, I don't know what what did it. I, I I was trying to put my thoughts together about the movie because, like I said prior to recording, I don't like this movie. I remember seeing it and not liking it. Uh, it was a long time ago. Um, and I kind of remembered why, and it was partially because, uh, very much like uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, which was a very different movie than what was advertised. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, 
but it was not what the trailers pretended that they were going to give you. No, Brad Pitt is barely in that movie. Yeah, exactly. It's more of a story of uh, Shoshana. But uh, anyway, uh, I um, I remember thinking coming into this movie with expectations, so I went back and watched the trailer, and I highly recommend it. It's a fucking joke. They took every scene in which someone gasps, is punched, or shot, or stabbed, and they took every single one, and they string it all together <laughs> with a threatening voice, and I'm like, you do know this movie is going to be 80% people talking in fancy rooms while classical music plays in the background. Right? Yes, and, and like very confusing like <laughs> setups, and, not... and, and, and acting as if anybody knows the name of or the appearance of any government building in England who is like... I thought that was insane. They keep talking about these billions. I'm like, nobody knows what you're talking about. I didn't oh, even no, know Parliament ba- was attached to Big Ben. Oh, no, the Bailey. Um, I don't even but, know what the fuck that is. <laughs> but, but uh, and by the way, I'm not dogging on this movie as being slow and methodical and taking time to try and vocalize concepts. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying the trailer tells you, get ready for this guy in a mask cutting people's throats, which is like... Just like two scenes of Yeah, yeah, it's basically like 15 and a half minutes of a two-hour, yeah, two-hour-plus movie. Not a complaint, but boy, did they, they miscast uh, or, or misrepresent the trailer. Second, uh, I wanted to call out when this movie came out, and uh, just before we even get critically into it, that one thing I think is indisputable about this movie, uh, and that it actually made it into cinemas, is its year. It came out in 2005. Uh-huh. Which I would say is relatively close to a major American um, terrorist incident really? uh, invo- involving the explosion of buildings. Uh, and it opens with a terrorist exploding buildings that we're told is the hero. So I, that's, yes. uh, that's, that's a ballsy move. That is a ballsy move. So regardless of the forthcoming criticism and or compliment... Uh, I just wanted to get that note. But let's I, I, I also feel like the if you guys didn't listen to the mini-episode, Ben read a quote uh, from Alan Moore about how this is a movie for people too afraid to set uh, like a condemnation of their government in their own country. So this <laughs> which movie... Is a, it's a, which is a sick dunk. <laughs> oh, it's a great... And, and it does, like, while you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is clearly supposed to be a commentary on... Looking back on it, not that bad of a time for America compared to now. But yeah. it was like, it is very weird. Because I was like, while watching I was like, I don't remember most of this stuff from the comic. I remember it being like real slow and kind of cheesy. And I went back and like leafed through the whole comic. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty much what I remember. The fight scenes are like one panel in the comic. There's like no action. It's just all people talking. They're ab- especially the sequence, and spoiler alert, <laughs> where V dot, or V is... Event like slowly dies. I mean, he's shot like a thousand times, and then he, you know, dies like twenty minutes later. But um, that famous, like, the only real action sequence, which is basically like the Wachowskis being like, "Hey, we did the Matrix, and we kind of miss it, so we're gonna do it again." Yeah, I, that's um, the, the whole time I was watching that scene, I was like, "This just feels like it got cut from the Matrix," and they were like, "We with, gotta use it somewhere." With weird sound effects, but I'll get to that. Um, but but that sequence is literally just Creedy. Uh, or it's not even Creedy, it's, uh, it's the detective, excuse me. Uh, that sequence in the comic is just uh, Finch, who is, uh, if you recall the movie at all, if, if you didn't watch it before this episode, is that uh, central detective who's sort of unraveling the whole mystery and, and eventually like, becomes mumbles sympathetic. everything he says, thus making him super hard to understand. 
he's on Quaaludes for this whole movie, which is kind of hilariously ironic because uh, in the comic, I don't know if you recall this sequence, he takes LSD yeah. as a last desperate attempt. He takes LSD at essentially Auschwitz. Yeah, he takes it at the concentration camp where V was created. It's like, you know what a good place is to not take mind-altering drugs? Anywhere a horrific event happens. Uh, that's that's one of uh, several differences, and I want to get to a few of them in a minute. But Finch is sort of our like outlet to unveiling the uh, totally added mystery of the Saint Mary's virus, um, and and Finch is sort of our our conduit with that. But in the comic, he is not a fan of V no. all the way up until the end, and he shoots him just just Finch by himself. Yeah, like which in the obviously, back, I think. Yeah, which obviously kills him eventually because he's just like a guy but he doesn't die right away but uh he dies eventually um uh as a result of that injury but but yeah <laughs> that was extrapolated into like a 15 man knife stabbing dance fight sequence which is just kind of and also the thing movie. that gets me about that scene is this whole movie is set up that like v has been planning this for like five years it's the ultimate plan uh to get revenge on all these people and his final plan is like I'm just going to put on a, a piece of metal over my chest and hope none of them shoot me in the face. Like, yeah, it's, it reminded me so much of the end of Dumb and Dumber. Like, I just wanted to be like, what if they shot you in the face? Because he just stands there and lets them shoot him. And also, that would kill him. It's just a piece of metal over his chest. His, yeah. like, ribs would shatter. You can't do that. It's just so weird because his big plan is just like, I'm going to hope these guys have bad aim. But, and that's one of the sequences in this, here's the thing about it, and just to set up my entire opinion about this, this movie goes from one sequence in which it's actually a pretty faithful slash good upgrade adaptation of the Mm -hmm. comic, and then it jumps to just, why did you do this? And that is, of course, a, why did you do this? Go ahead and play a sound effect there, uh, if you got one. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Boy, Um, you're yelling? I I don't know, I've got... (laughs) But, like, there's other ones that work, like the opening, I think worked because obviously the comic came out in 1980 something 82 i think i can't remember yeah. um it came out in the in the 80 early 80s yeah it came out during um, thatcherism yeah in england and and the opening sequence which actually is extremely close i, I went back and reread a bunch yeah uh, pre-episode i mean it's got other than the fact that evie is like a child in the comic she's like yeah she's 16, 16 or 16 years old yeah and she's like a, a orphan factory worker she definitely does not work at the television station yeah yeah she's um, not like well off and has a nice apartment she's gonna prostitute herself out because she can't make enough money yeah, but she's like working in a factory or something. Yeah, but the opening sequence is her sitting at a table, putting on makeup, uh, uh, preparing for this attempt at being a prostitute, which is something she's heard the girls at her work do uh, to make ends meet because the factory is not really a, a, a place where you can actually succeed and become stable. Um, and it's intercut with V getting his uh, mask and wig on, which is exactly how the conflict starts. Yeah, yeah. But. The difference is, is in the comic, obviously, it's, there's like a voice, the voice of fate, which is the, the voice of London in the movie, is this yeah. sort of, you know, talk show uh, radio guy just rambling on about the state of Britain. Um, and like giving in, you the weather. Like, yeah, like he's, the he's weather. just like a morning zoo guy. He's yeah. like, he's like, the current time is like, you know, humidity, blah, blah, blah. And then he like reads you the news. And then it's just the, like, England's the adaptation is to basically do, like, a Tucker Carlson type. Like, a, yes. a, like a, a talking head. Like, you wouldn't even call it a newscaster because they, they talk about the news, but they just opine about it, which is, like, yeah. 
faux pretend, pretend news that you can like that you can like pretend is real, even though it's just someone pontificating it. With and, and maybe maybe this will uh, offend a listener somewhere, but. I feel like Tucker Carlson goes home and takes a bunch of, like, pills in his shower while watching his own show. I think we all agree that's the case. And I thought that was the perfect, like, upgrade to... Because you couldn't do radio unless you said... Yeah, it would have been very weird. Right. So that was the right upgrade because that felt super real. Watching this guy being like, whatever happened to this country? Like, that felt very real right now to to an upsetting degree. So that was a moment where they took the source material, they adapted it, and they also improved or... Uh, modernized is probably the right word. Um, yeah, was yeah. Because this movie to... appears to take place in a weird, like it's not supposed to be the eighties, like it is in the comics. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be, to be like, like a weird time pseudo period. pseudo now. Yeah, because the technology is relatively close. There's a few oddities here or there, so it's probably like 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 yeah yeah like faux futuristic. I will point out when reading again, I found a disturbing um, phrase repeated twice by the radio newscaster in the comic. In which he says twice, "Make Britain great again." Yeah, there's a reason why. It's long oh, been a, a, a terrible phrase people use. Oh God, I want to die. Um, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting that like the movie was made to try to be relevant to America like 20 years ago, or I guess 18 or 15 years ago, and it's like, nope, still pretty good. But then we get this jump right because we see v his costume in the movie in the comic one-to-one yeah yeah amazing his hat's taller and 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 second point where this movie has some serious balls is that it (laughs) introduces a character who wears a mask they cast hugo weaving and they don't take the mask off you know there's like a hollywood producer that sat down with somebody working on this movie the wachowskis or the actual director or whatever it was like well we gotta see hugo at some point right he's gotta take the mask off and kiss natalie portman or something and they had to, like, shoot him down, like, a hundred times. You know what I mean? What I also thought was, like, an interesting choice was, like, they did the Bane. Like, it's a guy in a mask. Now, you would think you have Hugo Waving, who has, like, one of the most unique voices in, in Hollywood. They literally, like, made him talk through, like, a piece of plastic. Because the whole time his his voice sounds, like, oddly, like, muffled. And I was like, that's a really, like, kind of weird choice to be, like... Fuck it, let's make it really sound like he's talking through this mask. And I was like, that's... I appreciated the effort, you know? It does make some of his dialogue hard to understand. Uh, I was just... Yeah, yeah. But but the, the sequence that I think is perfect... Actually, the, the first two scenes is exactly what I'm talking about. This introduction, the, the, the changing of the media in, in the way we see the media as an element of this story, perfect. And then we get to the scene where it's like, hey, you know how they're just like three like uh, 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 skeezy, you know, uh, 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 government agents. Well, let's make them like the, those two characters at the beginning of Batman, who are basically just like standing in an alley, being like, hey, who do you want to? What lives do you want to destroy tonight? Like they're, they're comically evil. They're also, like not only are they like comically evil, but then when the fight like ensues. They're also, like, way too skilled. Like, the fight lasts too long, in my opinion, because it's like, he doesn't really dispatch them super quick like Batman does. He, like, has an actual fight with two of them, and I'm like, this seems weird. They also cut my favorite sequence, which is where one of them tries to grab his hand and then pulls it off, and then the hand is a bomb. I missed that pretty badly. But but also we get this... That's not in the movie, right? It's not in the movie. Okay, that's what I thought, because I went back and read the comic, and I was like, I forgot his hand explodes. We get this... Like this V speech where he, he, he puts together, like, alliterates all the V words that he can. 
Yeah. I'm not a fan. I know people I love just, it. People love it. I found it off-putting. He does quote, like, uh, uh, class literature in Shakespeare. And, and while it's different quotes, I don't give a shit. That, that They were really, like, hitting those marks. Because there's points here where they really hit the marks. But the the additions sometimes are so baffling. Um, yeah, yeah. And they have to obviously make changes because the comic is very dense. But yeah, some oh, of the yeah, stuff of they course. picked, I was just like... Because in watching that, I was like, I really don't remember this being in the comic, that speech. Because I was like, I think I would be like, this is fucking super annoying to read. Well, they, they, they do what we, we complain... What I complain about a lot, what I call the Rorschach phenomenon when it comes to this comic book to film adaptation. Is it's, they took a character that was designed to be hyper-questionable, that was... Uh, that was obsessed with an ideal structure that and and the, their their obsession and their commitment is admirable um but they are dubious yeah at <laughs> best at best the, the lines are super gray they will absolutely just like blow a man's face off uh and cackle about it as long as they think that they're accomplishing a goal they will they will slaughter like guards or policemen people you know operating under the idea that they're part of a uh, of a of a non-corrupt system and who are just being you know you know or people forced to live in the corrupt system and have no say because right. it's either that or be black bagged and taken away to some you know tr- camp somewhere no one knows about and like watchmen my complaint with like the watchmen film adaptation is that they took rorschach's famous origin sequence where he murders the man who he thinks murdered a child uh and you're supposed to be like well i'm pretty sure too but I don't know for sure. The comic the, the, didn't tell me. The, also, the thing is that's different is in the comic, he kills him in like a super fucked up way. Like, it's not just that he kill in the in the movie, he's just like a guy who loses it. And you're like, well, that's kind of identifiable. If you were investigating the mis- like the disappearance of a child, and you're like, oh my god, this guy killed yeah, him. And you snap mention, and kill him. That's identifiable. Not to mention the victim literally looks at you in the eyes and says, I killed a little girl, so what? Like, it's like, the yeah. person's just like, I am definitively, demonstrably evil. So go ahead and murder me. The audience is on board. Yeah, the whole time in the comic, the guy constantly says, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And then Warshak kills him by chaining him to a stove and telling him the only way he's going to get out before the building burns down is to cut his own arm off with a hacksaw. Like, that's a super fucked up thing to do. And that might be why I have a problem, why I'm sort of, like, thrown on how to how to rate this movie because i like about like half of it yeah i feel like it's not one song it's not like the first half and second half it's just like big huge chunks i really enjoyed and then something would happen i'm like why i feel like the movie really falls apart after natalie portman finds out that she was uh, kidnapped i think so too yeah and i I think it's because they do not understand that v is not actually a hero no He's, he's a monster like, they just gloss over the fact that he tortured a woman for months because he had to make sure she wouldn't turn him in and that he thought he could make her quote-unquote free because she wouldn't care about anything anymore. That's that's yeah. a that's an extremely horrible thing to do. He It's not like something to look up to and be like, what a good guy, he really helped her out. But they play and, it off as it's like she's not even that upset when she meets him again. And, he, and in the comic, he's basically trying to train a successor. He's not trying to sort of incite... Uh, he thinks that if he can change one person, then that means that his ideas can change the country eventually. Like his idea is that that he, if he can pull this person into his worldview and 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 mold them into it, that they can move forward with his ideal of taking down fascism. And by yeah. the way, fascism is extremely important. I think also Alan Moore complained that there's no mention of it in any kind. Yeah. 
they never say fascist in the entire movie which is really really weird because they're clearly supposed to be ultra fascist and speaking of fascism let's take a look at the actual like fascist government because we get a huge shot of them uh right here uh following his his blowing up of the bailey and everything in the beginning of the movie is we cut to like this i had such a problem with this sequence and we come back to it a thousand times the big talking screen with like the most menacing political symbol like this this <laughs> this black and red like turbo cross that they yeah yeah so many it's like it's like a, a multiple crosses just layered and look the book doesn't pretend that the government isn't fascist, but it does do what, like, most things do when they talk about this, is they try to make the characters multidimensional. Um, yeah. So that even if all those dimensions are bad or those dimensions lead to bad, the characters feel very real. And, and they, many of the characters here do not. They immediately real. set up the, the detective to be like, he hates that the government exists, which is really weird because he's so high up in it. It's you know what I mean, it's like, no, you don't get that high as a, in a position and clearly be like, I don't think this is the right. He's thing. meeting with the prime minister. So as far as we know, he's like secretary of fucking defense. Yeah, yeah He's like, basically like the, the chief of police, but is for some reason, just a detective and is in these meetings. It's so weird. And he's clearly like, I don't like it. And it's like, no, like, that's not how it works. Because in the comics, the police are, like, for the fact... Because they think it's keeping England safe. So they think they're doing something right. Right. They don't see what they're doing as the the awfulness. But in this, he already knows. He's like, yeah, we're bad guys. It's like, well, this isn't interesting. Even Sutler in the comic is, like, multidimensional. He's actually kind of like a a sniveling wimp. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and and you find out that the way one of the ways he actually takes him down is they have this computer um, that like <laughs> controls computer. all of England, and V is hacked into it and is making the computer talk to the uh, what do you call it? prime minister? Yeah, the chancellor, and like saying like I love you, like he's making the guy think the computer is alive and has fallen in love with him, and because all he does is sit in this room with his computer, he's fallen in love with it. It's like he basically destroys this guy's mind by making him think that the computer is... Yeah. And, and, his... and then when he finds out in the end that the computer has been compromised, it like ruins... It's like finding out his lover was cheating on him. And so it like ruins his whole life. And you're like, this is a really bizarre revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Which is completely removed from the comic. He's his just like revenge, kidnapped and killed. His, his revenge is very Joker-like uh, in, in some of the, the comic. Like... For instance, when he takes out um, the, the the television pers- personality who I'm spacing on right now, um, Descom? No, I don't remember. I forget uh, his name is. Yeah, uh, the, the voice of the voice of London. When he takes him out in the comic, um, he like has like this whole like killing joke sequence where he like burns his dolls in front of him and takes him through like a tableau of the yeah, prison he used to work so at. So weird. And if, if for some reason, the voice of fate is super into dolls, which is just like a weird subplot. <laughs> yeah. But but this sequence, what I liked about that, a lot of that is like the the, the computer and the um, the computer and the doll sequence. If you wrote those out, I'm not saying that that's a problem. I, like if I was having to adapt this movie, I probably would too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But but the, my problem is that these characters, like they're, they're some of them are through blind faith and 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 conviction that they are keeping like some some measure of peace and order. They um. They're committing to fascism despite not considering themselves to be fascist, right? Because that's how it works. 
Yeah. Uh, ty- typically, only only a few members of a fascist state. Only, like, usually the ultra-elite are super into the fascism part. The rest of them think they're doing something no- noble. Exactly. Because they're unaware of the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And or, like, plays... it's the only way we can get what we need. That plays a good complexity. I mean, you aren't meant to forgive them, but you are meant to, like, empathize with what's happening to them. And and that's not happening here because we get like the Galactic Empire. We get like it's just, it's just play done done. Like it just oh yeah, they're get... all like cartoonly evil. And like when you see Creed, you're like, oh that dude's like the fucking Grinch. He even <laughs> yeah. kind of looks like him. And you're just like, mm, he's gonna betray the Chancellor it's, and do something real just, shady. It's just a room of like five Voldemort's talking to each other, and you're like, I I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like... all people you would not want to have to like sit near in a bar. You know what I mean? Just people that you're like, mm, they're gross. But also, I want to I want to pay a particular homage and respect to John Hurt, who plays Chancellor Selwyn. Oh, he's he is selling it for two things. One, he plays a brilliant Chancellor, fake, fake dictator Chancellor. Uh, both in the fact that he's he's a, a son of a bitch when he's like talking, screaming at everybody. He, he's a very convincing uh, dictator leader, and then he also plays this hilarious switch when he absolutely snibbles and falls apart at the end of the movie. But something I realized while digging up uh, the IMDb, I forgot that John Hurt famously played the protagonist in the 1984 film. Oh. So it's fucking bonkers that he plays the, you know, quote-unquote good guy in 1984 and then goes on to play the bad guy in this dystopian movie based on that that, that piece of literature. So uh, kind of great. <laughs> Full circle for him, probably not in a good way. John Hurt is the best, man. I mean, he, he obviously Hugo, I mean, you, you were right about the way they do his voice. He does a great job. But John Hurt, I mean, he just, he was like my, my, my shining star in this movie for me. Really, John Hurt and Hugo Weaving are like the only two. Because I got to say, the movie when the movie starts, Natalie Portman is doing a voiceover, which I found hilarious because she says like basically is like, people don't know who Guy Fox is. And then proceeds to not explain who he was. <laughs> it's just like, he tried to blow up the government. It's like, yeah, but he, like, that's not an explanation of who he is. But her accent is not good. Yeah. And it's like real I, hit or miss. And sometimes it just sounds like she has a lisp. I can tell you why it's not good. My brain works a certain way. I don't... I, I, I tend to not notice two things when I see a movie. The score, unless it's like in your face, uh, and accents. People often will come out of movies and say... Boy, I really like the music they played during that sequence. And I'm like, oh, I didn't notice it. Yeah, my brain yeah. did not capture that information. Or someone like that accent was terrible. I'm like, I didn't catch it. And I'll rewatch it. Like, oh, it is bad. But but there are some times where it's so bad that I literally think while watching it, that's not good. <laughs> and there was a few moments. It wasn't like the whole movie, but a few moments where Natalie Portman's the the whole opening point. monologue is really bad. And I was like, mm, not they should have made her do a second take. And I also just felt like other than. The prison sequence and the and the and the and the freedom from prison sequence was, I think, her shining moment in the movie. Yeah. Partially because there's very minimal dialogue there, <laughs> but yeah. from her, but she does an incredible job there. Her her pain is very visible, and I think she's just not giving a lot of scenes to do anything else. She's mostly just looking like, I can't believe this is happening at V while he does something. You know? Yeah, yeah. She's sort of just along for the ride with no. Yeah. I don't know. It's just um, very odd. The shadow gallery that we spent some time in with V and Evie uh, is pretty awesome. It's a really good piece of set design. It's this gorgeous, like underground castle-looking thing. 
it looks a lot like this sort of glimpses of it you get in the comic with all the paintings uh, and the jukebox. It's all very accurate. Mm-hmm. I think they, they nailed the shit out of that, uh, which is good because we spend like a good chunk of the movie there. Yes, yes. We hang out while they watch a movie, which is always a sequence I found weird in movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also very weird because it's like it doesn't really come back. You know what I mean? There's nothing really to right. that. I, it's just like a weird through thread that I'm just like, right. oh, that's like kind of it, odd. Like in Logan, when we watched like that Western, it was because we were watching a you know Western-inspired film in which... Yeah, I mean, Logan is the, just a version of Shane. Yeah. The movie they which, keep watching. In which the character... Uh, in which the the uh, which X you know uh, uh, sort of you know is used as like a, a device to translate her feelings for Logan through yeah that all like that all plays in and and, and watching them watch um, the Count of Monte Cristo is that right yes um, that doesn't mean a fucking thing <laughs> it is also I thought kind of weird because I'm like all right I get what they're trying to do I know the basic plot of the Count of Monte Cristo but I'm like I don't think that's like a reference that a lot of people you know i mean i'm like couldn't you have picked like a slightly more recent movie like at least from the 80s like this is a 1940s movie like nobody who's or 50s maybe but like nobody who's watching this movie has seen that movie like you know what i mean so it's like you got to know your audience so they should have picked a, like a movie that people would be like oh i 100 percent know the plot of this i also can't trace like v's taste because he seems to like talk about <clears throat> classical music and he quotes a shitload of shakespeare he's got a, a hamlet He's got a back-to-back Hamlet and uh, Macbeth line in, like, the opening two minutes. Well, I but think then, that's like, also just because I think that's the way American filmmakers are, like, the English are always just quoting Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, I think he mentions, like, Billie Holiday, I think, during, like, one of, like, when he's talking about the music on the jukebox. Yeah, I think like so. That. But I'm like, I'm like, uh, I don't know. He just, he just seems to like old shit. He just seems to like anything that's banned. That seems like a dumb criticism. But, yeah, he just seems to like super old shit he doesn't even have any interest in like jazz or or like blues or rock and roll or i think there's comics on his wall at some point uh in Probably. like encased in glass but that's like the only like thing other than like midst like like renaissance paintings on his walls which i was just yeah I'm and like and i think like wasn't like uh the venus de milo in his house or something probably yeah um it's uh, like one that's not in england that's i'm pretty sure it's in france but that's neither here nor there um, I think at this point, like in the first chunk of the movie, we spend actually for the, the entire movie, we have fucking. I think it's like a fifth of this fucking movie takes place in one room, and that is the police detectives' like hangout space, uh, their office. Yes, that they're, they're in. they're very large office. They unravel like the mystery slowly through like I don't know, like twenty of these fucking sequences in this room. None of them of tremendous interest, right? Because well, the, the problem is, is they create these characters and they're like, all right, we're going to follow them as they solve this mystery. But they don't solve this mystery. They just look it up online. Like, he's just like, oh, these people all have something in common. They were all at Lark Hill. And then they're like, yeah, oh, that's weird. Let's go find this lady. Oh, she's dead. Hey, here's a book that explains V's entire backstory. I'm like, oh, so I didn't need to see these people do anything. Because in the comic, they're trying to solve the case until and they, they eventually, because all reference to Lark Hill has been removed. I don't know, I don't really know what this serves, because Evie is our audience sort of, um... Uh, surrogate? Surrogate. We're, we're using Evie to kind of understand V, and understand the world, and understand, like, how we need to be opened up to the ideas of uh, breaking breaking through the, 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 the barriers of fascism. But he's just, like, unraveling things that V can just talk about. 
you know like he 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 bombed lark hill and and freed himself and destroyed that facility uh he has been stealing by the way he's been he he, he quotes at the beginning that he's been stealing like butter and statues and paintings from the government for like i don't know five 10 years, years? Yeah, five, like five years five, five or six years or something and i might be getting it confused in the comic it's five years in the very beginning, Finch, the highest-ranking detective in the entire country, has, like, a grainy picture of him from that night where he bombed the, the Bailey, being like, well, we gotta catch this guy, whatever, whoever he is. I'm like, that you're just now onto him? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 in the comic, he never, I don't think he ever says he stole them from the government, these these things he has. He just goes around to the parts of, because there's, like, a, parts of England you're not allowed to go into. They're told that they're, like, contaminated, but they're not. They just tell people that so they won't leave because they don't want people to know what's, like, happening. It's part of, like, their control thing. So he, there's, like, huge chunks of England that are just, like, a zombie movie. There's just no one there. But they're perfectly yeah. fine. And this whole thing is a, um, what would you call it? It's, it's, I'm going to keep relating back to Watchmen because it's Alan Moore's other adapted work. Uh, this is their um, alien slash computer, right? Because in, in Watchmen, a fucking interdimensional alien is warped in. <laughs> Yes, to cre- to create a to create a like third heat for the world to be mad at, um, and then it's replaced with like a computer or like a, a, a not a computer like a, a, a massive like uh, a bomb that simulates Doctor yeah. Manhattan's energy pattern, so people will think he's the bad guy, so that right. they can all rally against killing Doctor Manhattan. That's that's our way of like twisting that sequence, and this is theirs. Is like they just didn't want to pretend to the audience that. A, a corrupt fascist government could just be elected like it had to be done through a, a, an immense amount of like cor- like 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 9-11 is fake conspiracy yeah like, yeah it, you know they, they had to basically pretend to fake 9-11 to get into power which is totally a you know a a, a bush administration parallel that is not yeah. in the book because they're just they, they just got elected through well, like like Trump got elected by 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 standing in front of half the country and saying, "I don't think Muslims should be here," and half the people going, "Oh yeah, yeah." I mean, like they basically in the comic they come to power. There is Which like is scarier, by the way. <laughs> there are several like disasters, and he plays on them. But he comes to power like more in the way that like Hitler does, and the idea that it's like you create a scapegoat, which they point in the movie. They talk about how. Um, he goes after homosexuals, uh, non-Christians, and, like, that's sort of, like, his thing. And that's, like, you know, that's the idea of how, like, most fascists come, is they're, like, it's these people's fault, I'll take care of them if you let me. And that's, like, you know, ba- I mean, that's not, like, a great definition of fascism. But that's how a lot of fascist people kind of come in power, is the scapegoat. In this version, yeah, it's, like, this absurd, his government creates a disease that only they have the cure for, and they release it. And they kill, like, most of England's population. And then they're like, oh, we have a cure, but you guys have to elect us president. And it's like, wait, what? So, it, And it's also like, it seems like they don't even give him the cure until he's elected president. And then he's like, I have the cure. So it's like, I'm very confused, like, how he got elected pre-giving them the cure for the disease he made. Like, and what if they I hadn't elected him? Was he just going to let England die to this plague he had created? And you're right, the, 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 the Hitler comparison is pretty apt there in that Hitler is, you know, essentially pointed to these entities these 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 segments of the population as being at fault and thus uh uh you know created an enemy out of them in this one there was no 
person or community or group at fault. Random extremists like created a virus and yeah, spread that's it the around thing that got me and they fixed like they... it. How do you go from like, hey, we fixed the disease thing. By the way, all gays are dead now. Like, how do you? That's what I thought was odd. I was like, why don't they how say do you... like it was like? I think they do say in the movie it was like a Muslim terrorist group. And you're like, okay. Like, also, it's like one of those weird like things too in the movie where they're like, this is a lot like September 11th. It's like, yeah, but again, those people actually died in real life. Like, let's not try to paint that in any other light. It was a terrible event that happened. But the thing that gets me is like. They don't really explain how it then becomes homosexuals are bad. And it's like, shouldn't they have been like the disease was only spread by homosexuals? And then he could use that as a means to like purify England. And he also, it's kind of weird because the only allusion to that is when he, is when that girl gets, uh, when he, when you get the note, they don't really talk about there and they don't really seem to talk about like, you can't not be a white Christian in England anymore. Like it's just thrown away and you're just like, oh, I guess that's the problem. You know what I mean? They don't really spell out what's making, like, other than the fact they're forced to watch this really t- terrible TV show, it doesn't seem like they really do anything to them. You know what I mean? In the movie, there's no, like, event where yeah. you're like, oh, these guys are super evil. The super evil event is all done to V. Like, that's where you don't like them is because you're like, oh, they created this disease, which is bad. But, like, you get all of that as V's backstory. And so it's like, it's not really what they did to the country. It's what they did to V. So is the country really mad at them? Because everybody seems super happy in the shots where they show them watching television. Not to mention that we established that, you know, that yes, this false tragedy was manufactured to allow them to rise to power. It was basically an illusion like, you know, Bush and the Patriot Act being like, we, we now have the capacity to spy on and, and, and uh, detain people without due process because it's the it we're in an emergency you know we have to be able to do this to protect the country that's a that's a logical jump but to take that to you know we have to we have to publicly execute like like you know asian people or something yeah, yeah, like, and you have to be okay with really... us just kidnapping people in the street <laughs> and they're never seen again and never being like what happened to that dude and why are you burning all my books right and like taking away music and books it's it, it's that all doesn't 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 jive with this fake plot that they've injected into an otherwise like sound story. Now, there's like I said earlier, it's just scarier to imagine that fear can whip people into just being voting in like racial purity. Yeah, like, I mean that's the thing scarier. That, the, thing that, the thing that makes Nazis so scary is that they really happened. Like I in, mean, in a movie, you put a Nazi in a movie, right. you're like that's terrible because normal people went along with these people and weren't like. I think these guys might be fucked up. And that's what makes it so scary is how much people are willing to turn a blind eye as long as it doesn't affect them. And in this movie, though, it's like, yeah, I guess I would have, if, if these guys were the only people with the cure for a disease that was going to kill my entire country, I guess I would have voted them in too. Uh, yeah. That's, that's it's like, I don't really have a secondary option. Uh, and that's to mention that this group, this group that, the political group that took over is called Norse Fire, which is like the most racist shit. Yeah, like might as well have just been called. We're the SS, kinda. Yeah, we're it's like whites only, like political society. Not to mention the fact that there are groups super active gaining traction in European politics that are like like <laughs> the Norse this, allegiance. Yeah. yeah, like that's not like it's not out of left field. But the, the 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 virus thing has almost no tangible connection to the idea. It was yeah. almost like they, they didn't believe that right-wing extremist political groups could ever gain power for real. It's like, uh. And then, like, yeah. Uh. And the thing that gets me, too, is, like, 
one of the things about the comic is they're talking about how there's all these CCTVs, like these cameras, which is like in England, it's something like there's one camera for every like 10 people in London. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a closed circuit camera filming people. And a lot of those were put in during the eighties and it was like a big deal. Cause people were like, I don't like that. These people can like watch us and they can move the cameras and look into people's houses. And it was like a big deal. They kind of just gloss over that. And since we don't really have that in America, to me, I was like, this doesn't really, like, I don't think anybody's going to get what CCTVs mean. So everything has to be done as, like, wiretaps because that's what we know as Americans, you know, is, like, the right. Nixon thing. And I'm like, but that's just stuff normal governments do. <laughs> so it's not particularly evil. Every government wiretaps people. It's not that surprising. So I also felt like that was kind of a thing. Was I was like, they're not doing anything super evil because when the thing was written, it was obviously a different time and they didn't update it to be, like, Here's why it's weird that they're doing the thing normal, like, law enforcement does all the time. Except for these people don't have to ask anybody. They can just do it. It was sort of odd. Um, so, something I wanted to, to bring up, just because it didn't have another place, is... Like, the British... The British are famed for comedy. And I'm a huge fan of a lot of really good British comedy. Are they famed for comedy? I think they're famed for certain comedies. They're, they're, they're famed for witty, dry comedy. Yeah, they're uh, known for being being dry humor. And Benny Hill was a notorious sort of like, uh, uh, almost mockery of British comedy in itself, being like, like, like it's the polar opposite, right? It's 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 empty. It's, yeah, it's, it's goofy. super sexual. It's really dumb, and every episode ends with him being chased by 800 so, people when while they play playing Yakety the, Sex. They play the sequence where Stephen Fry's character is like the fucking Jimmy Kimmel of, of Britain. Yes, which as and, if as if a fascist country would have a Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What 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 what? Why are they having a variety TV show? Because what, what, something they don't really. What is he hit? doing on a normal night when he's not like? Like violating the principles. Yeah, like of he's talking to like uh, the current like chief of the death squad. I like who's he having on? There's no movies anymore. And it's they, a talk show him... where there's no one to talk to. And they make him. Yeah, I mean, like, how would he be on the air? How would he not just be an arm of the government like the rest of the media? Yeah, and, and but... it's important to notice they mentioned the one TV show from the comic, which is this thing called like um, Storm Saxon, and it's like this super like racist white character who's going around and in the comics they like denote it's like this really racist germanic like like you know english saxon kind of like hero and so it's like oh all tv is like also super racist but in this it appears as they just also have regular television like everybody else it was very weird when this guy was like i run a variety tv show uh, it, uh, a show that apparently every single person in the country watches because apparently there's uh, only one tv station is, is all but I when they tell. play this sequence this this big thumb at the nose of 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 the society is like we're gonna play literal benny hill music while he runs around i could not believe like, they did a straight up yakety sax i was like this they, is they, this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen there's so much like good satire they could have like parodied uh or parodied to, to do this scene and it was just like the biggest insult it was just like they googled like like british comedy and that it was, was just like, yeah it was like they were like, I, just, like I haven't watched british comedy since the 1980s did it ever get past benny hill no okay cool it's ridiculous especially to, it, it feels like like a variety show from like the 70s but set now i don't i don't it, it was also was the so thing that got me is like do you think even for like one second if there's like a, a jimmy kimmel in north korea 
Do you think even for a second somebody could entertain the idea of being like, what if we told a joke about Kim Jong-un? Like, everybody on the cast would be like, we're not doing that. No yeah, one no would one go along it. with this. People in the audience wouldn't be laughing. They would freak the fuck out. Like, people disappear on the regular in this country, and this guy thought he was just going to have to apologize? Is he a fucking idiot? Like, nobody be that dumb. He's definitely sequence, getting murdered. The whole sequence was absurd. Uh, I, I was really disappointed by that. Because it's all added, too. This character isn't a TV personality in the comic. He's like a criminal. Uh, he's like, Yeah, and he's, he's like a guy that she actually falls in love with, and he's not... Uh, There's no satire. That was all total invention for the movie, and it was one of the points where they they wanted to embellish the story and fill, you know, put some mortar in between the story bricks, and it just did not work. And uh, it was it did lend us the one of the best lines in the movie. Not so funny now, funny man. It's like that's the best good. burn you guys could come up with pretty when a man is burn. kidnapping a man to murder him. That's it. Used funny twice in three words. I was so angry. That's like one of the only notes I have. I was like, I'm very disappointed in this. Um, yeah, and, and, and after all of this buildup, we get to the kind of part that you were talking about, the post-prison sequence, where we're just sort of uh, handed like the the finale of V's plot, which I just, it doesn't make sense. Like, I know that, you know, in, in the comic, he's dismantling the government by basically employing their tactics. He's murdering them. He's using blackmail. He's recording them and then, you know... Yeah, and, uh, and his goal is if he can blow up Parliament, he'll prove that the government isn't as powerful as everybody thinks it is. That's like sort of his thing is. Yeah. He's going to succeed in destroying the symbol of the government. They don't even use Parliament in the comic. It's just an old building. So that's like sort of his thing. In this, it appears it's like it's like if blowing up the Death Star. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, well, they won. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Because... We get this scene where he's mailed everyone in the country his robe and his and his and his mask. And Again, somehow, too, how would that happen? Like, really think sequence, about it. How does he get to a post office and it's like yeah. you deliver these, and no one there at a government-run agency is like, "That's weird. This is sent to literally every person in the country. Maybe we should open one and make sure it's not like a bomb from this terrorist who's running around murdering people." Yeah, I guess people can just mail each other whatever the fuck they want in a society where you can't listen to certain music. Yeah, but they all—they all get these. They're all inspired somehow um, by his messages because I liked a lot of the dialogue. Like when he's like broadcasting himself on TV, uh, some of his sequence with Evie when he's sort of like um, uh, taking down some of the other members of this this society. But he's not like ruining their status as politicians he's just like stabbing them in the shower you know what i mean like yeah he's getting revenge for himself on those people like the people he's killing are not to end his plan his plan is to like eventually create a world in which the government fails because that's his ultimate revenge against them but all these other people he's killing have nothing to do with his plan he's just he wants personal revenge against he in the comics they mentioned that every person who worked at lark hill from, like, the cooks, the guards, they're all dead. And nobody thought anything of it, which is, like, insane. Because they all died of quote-unquote accidents. But he's, like, and that's when they realize, I don't know if, it, I can't remember if that's in the movie or not, but they realize he's been murdering everyone. And you're like, oh, this isn't, like, he's not super altruistic. A lot of what he's doing is just, like, I want my revenge. Like, right. I want I want them to pay for what they did to me. And the way yeah, I'm going to do that is I'm going to destroy their government. It's two party. He wants he wants his revenge 
to happen, but he also wants it to have a ripple effect. Yes, and uh, in the comic, it does, because he doesn't kill the Chancellor. Uh, the wife of one of the detectives he murders, or, or I think maybe the guy who runs the I'm hand. At. That's what I'm getting at, right? Because in the comic book evolution, the people watch these these statues, these pillars of the government shoot each other and like go insane like like uh what's the the, the voice the voice of london literally paints his face in crazy makeup and goes insane and sister chair is saying mama 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 like he's gone oh yeah he doesn't kill the voice of london in the comics and And so and his goal is by doing that is he doesn't want to just do it like he makes it so that the idea is the voice of fate has always been the same voice and they get a guy who sounds like him but everybody knows it's not they can tell something's wrong and he's like it unsettles everybody in the movie, they're just like, the guy died in the shower. It's like, oh, okay. That's Nobody's going to be upset right? about that. So, like, they needed something that would, like, change the way. And I think that's why the TV show doesn't work. You know, he's, in a sense? Yes, because in, in the comic, he's publicly crumbling these pillars. He, you're watching these, these, these things that you thought were infallible fall in front of you. And so, if the comic were to do a sequence where people rose up, which I think does actually happen at the end, it's palatable. Right, because the people have watched this happen. He murders the TV personality, and they literally say, "We're just not going to tell anybody. We're just going to say that he's like, yeah, he just ah. he died of a heart attack or something. Heart, heart attack, whatever." So, to, to to a common person, they don't see the deaths of any of these people as the 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 machinations of a greater plot. It's just like, oh, wait, Bill O'Reilly had a heart attack, huh? I yeah, guess let's watch the other guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's. There's no, there's no justification for them to all suddenly get this package and be like, you know what, now it's time. There's yeah, no and, reason for it. And it's like, if you really think about it in the movie, here's what he does for the people. He blows up a building that no one's in. He, he blows it up. And they cover it up and say it was a demolition. And people are like, I don't know if that's true. Then he kid, he goes on TV and he says, "I'm gonna, you guys are going to have a choice. And he basically is like, either you rise up or, like, you're against me. And it's like, oh, this is sort of, like, the same thing that the government just said. It's like, you either do what we say. Like, he doesn't, like, his speech on TV sort of has this, like, thing of, like, you guys need to get it together. Because if not, it's not going to go well. And you're like, so wait, is he, like, threatening everyone to make them do what he wants? And why are they suddenly so keen on backing him up? It's just very odd. And I think that's what bothered me about this sequence. Like, it felt so unbelievable that, I mean... In, in, in any sense, a protest that seems to incorporate all of the country, yeah, the, or it, all it, of London, yeah. is insane. Because, a reminder that this is a dictatorship, but it was it, it arrived there through democracy. So people voted this in. So, like... Yeah, the idea some, that there, every person is just like, nope, I'm, they're right, the government's bad. At least half the people marching through the streets took off a MAGA hat to... You know, put on the V-mask, which is stupid. And also you have to understand, too, in the world of the movie, uh, they keep talking about how there's a food shortage and the government's the only thing keeping it going. So it's like these people are like actively killing themselves because as far as they know, there's a plague in parts of England that's going to murder them. And the government's the only people with the cure. They don't actually have enough food to feed everyone in England. All other countries in the world are at war with themselves or having civil war where they're they're murdering all their own people. England's supposed to be the only last safe country. It's like, so these people are really taking a chance that some random dude in a mask is going to fix their country. It's, it's really insane. Because his plan appears to be just blowing up buildings. Yeah. And, and he has no get, end game by, past that. Because seriously, 
make me a citizen in this movie. All I see is one day the Bailey blows up and I'm like, fucking whoa. And then a guy comes on TV and gives a pretty good speech and I'm like, interesting. And then I don't see an ounce of him or his efforts for the rest of the for movie. For another year. For another year. And then then it's a boom, you know, dong, you know, <laughs> the 5th of November. I put my fucking mask on and I march down guns. I march yeah, down the I military. I march down, like, the entire military. In I don't country, get it. I have legit seen murder people. <laughs> like, I'm not like, you know, like in America you could at least be like, well, they usually don't turn their guns on civilians, but like in this movie, the world they've created in this version of England, these dudes have shot civilians constantly, and they keep yeah. kidnapping and murdering them. So if I walked up and saw guns, I'd be like, oh, fuck this. These dudes are just going to shoot me. It trivializes revolt, which I think bugs me the most. It makes it like a fun, like beautiful yeah. like bow tie to the movie, which I felt just so bothered by. Uh, the end then, really did bother me after he she gets out. I was just like, this movie kind of falls apart in this third act. Yeah, it's rough because because it's sad. Like I said, like like the prison cell sequence. Uh, a lot of the shots uh, of of exploring V's backstory. But I loved the montage about um, oh, does she have a name? Shit, uh, the woman in the cell next to him in, in cell four. Yeah, who, I forget what her name is. I loved that sequence. It was a really powerful sequence. That that felt very real. Like watching society crumble. Yeah. Like it felt very real and and uh like I said, like you know, John Hurt and and, and uh, uh uh Hugo Weaving do an excellent job. And then the fact that the comic is very intact here in a lot of pretty critical ways, like all the characters like Finch, Dietrich, Creedy, you know, all of them are real in the comic. They're all they're changed in many ways, but they're all there. Which is like we talk about faithful adaptations. This is one of them. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some weird changes, but for the most part, it's pretty accurate to the comic. Yeah, yeah. Except for Obviously. she doesn't become V at the end, right? In the movie? No, no, yeah. At the end of the comic, like she's literally wearing his outfit. She, yeah, and she walks out, and she's the one who actually detonates the building. Yeah, yeah. She's fully fully consumes the role of, of V. Um, but, but yeah, the, the movie takes a different route. And again, these there's changes in there that I would never complain about, like you know not having a super supercomputer love affair. But others were yeah, that's why? that's a hard one. Why 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 change this so dramatically uh, from the original source material to its detriment? Yeah, um, there's just weird things they they kind of like like I said, the TV show thing was weird. Like the, they just I guess needed a reason for her to have to run and be kidnapped by V. But it's like it's a fascist country. Do they really need to create like this elaborate backstory with this? Uh, gay tv show host who has like a room full of like the quran for like which is like fine but it's like why is that what he's collecting you know what i mean it, like it doesn't fit his character in a lot of ways he just has like this weird assortment of crap in his his like room and i'm like these don't really these aren't like things that link to each other they're just like he, it's like he just found these like stuff v didn't want and he was like i'll take that a weird god save the queen painting of the chancellor it's just yeah. very odd. Yeah, and it's like, it's like so did I need this guy in this movie at all? It's like, no, you really didn't. You could have just removed him and it would have been fine. And I love Stephen Fry. It's just yeah, like, I love him too. And he does fine, but it's like, I don't think he needed to be in this movie. And it's it's a long movie and they needed to cut some stuff to better set up some other things. It's a very long movie. Because the end is also really confusing. The Chancellor's like giving a speech, which they he says is he's going to go on live and give this speech, but then it's a recording because he's actually in the bowels of killed. yeah and he's executed by creedy and it's like well creedy's just a creep like this isn't like there's no satisfaction in 
a like a piece of shit being a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing interesting about Creed yeah. killing the Chancellor. What's it, interesting it, it, in the comic is this woman who at at, at point was for the government and then sees how the government really treats people and she wants revenge and she blames the chancellor and just shoots him right in the street. And there's also a lot of other characters that are interweaving. I can't remember all their names, but there's a woman who's uh, married to one of the major characters who's like vying for power. There's literally people who are doing things to acquire power and to, to maybe even take the chancellorship for themselves. It's very like established. And in this one... Creedy is, as far as I know, a, you know, a, a, a Goebbels. He's like he's happy to enact the 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 whim of the chancellor. Uh, uh, and and you know, were he were the chancellor to die and he were to be given the position, I'm sure he'd accept it. But for for like V to show up and be like, well, let's kill the man you swore your allegiance to because it'll be great. I don't know. It just didn't didn't it, feel. The thing that got me in the movie is. He tells the chief, the police officer that he needs to put uh, Grady under surveillance. And then he tells Grady that the chancellor has him under surveillance. And it's supposed to be like Grady's like, oh my god. It's like, but this makes no sense. There's, in this world they live in, there's no chance in hell this guy is not under surveillance all the time. Like, that's not how fascism works. You know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't be like, oh my god, I can't believe the chancellor's checking up on me. He'd be like, yeah, no, I know he's checking up on me. That's why I like a special room that's debugged and stuff where i can watch old porn or something you know what i mean so it's really weird that he's like i can't believe he turned on me it's like of course he did they're all you're all evil you can't be mad about it all of a sudden yeah yeah that's fair. it's just it's just sort of like a weird like there's no cleverness to v's plot in the movie all like is all like his little clever stuff is just sort of like hey, these people are just mostly dumb more than anything uh and and speaking of things that go to um, possibly too much of a length, uh, I think we're at the end of the podcast. <laughs> did, did I, I have, think so. Did you have any other notes that you want? Uh, no, I I'm just let me look over real quick. Nope. Other than that, I just put down this reverence scene is very uncomfortable. <laughs> also, I've never seen somebody dumber than a person being like, "There's a terrorist coming to murder," and he's like, "Ooh, role play." It's like, what are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> the worst role play in the world i i don't know if i have to totally agree it can be it can be quite erotic <laughs> can't uh, it to be told a, a terrorist is coming to murder you uh yeah so where does it fall on the uh would you, would you recommend people watch it or do we put it in the uh what was it the vault of questionable material here's the thing um i came into this rewatch with low expectations because i remember disliking it and on a rewatch even though you know i was being far more critical than i normally would be with any movie for the sake of this podcast i didn't it's too long i we agree on that and we agree that the third act um isn't isn't earned but honestly i would i would recommend it i don't think it's that bad of a movie i mean i think i'm like my recommendation would be like if you'd like to watch it watch it but if you if you listen to this and you're like i don't know if i would i, I wouldn't waste your time like, I, I think i think you have to have some interest yeah. If you're interested in seeing it and you haven't, I would say it's worth a watch. If you love this movie and you listen to this episode to get mad at us as we tear it apart, I don't think your opinion's invalid. I think I totally understand why someone would like this movie. Uh, yeah, I can see why I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I, it's not like it's not like we did Barbarella and uh, some friends of ours spoke up and we're like, I'm sorry, you are very, very wrong. <laughs> some, some friends which we are now questioning whether or not they're still our friends. That's yeah, I had a friend pass. tell me it was one of his favorite movies, and I was like, what? 
I was deeply, I was like, holy shit, I can never take a recommendation from you again. But yeah, I feel like if you like this movie, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. There's tons of great stuff in it. Stylistically, it's beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. I just felt like, it, while watching, I was like, this movie's too long. And then once the third act happened, I was like, I know how much of the movie's still left. And I don't yeah. care. Like, I just want it to end now. Like, I, I like lost interest in it. And I was like, come on, just let's get through this. I know how it ends. So that was the only thing that kind of got me was I was just... I will say, I don't have that many notes either. Not because I was like... You know, sometimes when a movie's really bad, I just zone out. This was more just like, there was nothing enough for me to be like, angry about. You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing where I was like, this is so ridiculous, or I gotta talk about this. There was just like a few things where I was like, this is odd. Mostly it was me mentioning times she said something weird in her British accent. (laughs) Well, then I guess that is it for this week. Um... If you have a vendetta against us, let us know on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, all of which we, I mean, we check all the time. Everything is just at NAOS pod. You can leave comments on SoundCloud if you use that to listen to us. You can actually leave them on the tracks on minute markers if you want to do that. Uh, We read all the stuff, all the comments that are left for us, reviews on stuff. So if you wouldn't mind reviewing us too on whatever podcast app you listen to, that'd be awesome. And maybe recommend us to someone. Uh, if you have a movie suggestion, also let us know that way. This movie was watched because of a somebody asked us to do it, so hopefully he's not disappointed. <laughs> I think we were fair. He's gonna, uh, he's gonna send me a text and be like, "That's my favorite movie of all time." I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> well, uh, with that, I think we can uh, put an end to this uh, episode, and uh, well, get it in the vault. <laughs>